Hey guys, how's it going? It's Cameron from Can't Sleep, Won't Sleep. Today, the show is a special treat. It is actually a discussion we had prior to UFC 216, where we gave our predictions for the fights and discussed the business around the UFC. Keep that in mind as you listen, and I hope you enjoy. This is Can't Sleep, Won't Sleep. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Can't Sleep, Won't Sleep, brought to you by Bucket of Wind. As always, I'm Cameron, and with me in studio today... Mason. And Matt. We're back again. And today we're talking about the UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championship, giving you guys some current events and looking up to the upcoming event of UFC 216. Love it. Absolutely. Before we get into Loving that, it. let me run you guys through UFC 215, all right? Yes. Um, that was headlined by Amanda Nunez and Valentina Shevchenko. The lioness herself. Absolutely. That bout ended in a decision victory for Amanda Nunez. That was a very controversial Razor victory. Razor thin. Yeah. That split, was a bloody bout, too. Yeah, split decision victory. And then the uh, co-main was Rafael Dos Anjos versus Neil Magny. That ended way of submission in favor of Rafael Dos Anjos in the very first round. Poor Neil Magny, dude. Yeah, he lost two out of his last three. He's been getting some two tough... Two out of three. Two out of three, bro. Neil stuff. Magny's been getting some tough fights. And did you see that? This was kind of like fucked up, I think. On UFC's The Agony and uh, the Victory thing, mm-hmm. where they yeah, do yeah, like yeah. the emotions of the fighters, they showed Neil Magny crying in the back room. Dude, that's part of the game. And I'm like, gee, that's so powerful, it's, man. That's part of the game. So that's rough. how it goes. The next fight on the card was Henry Cejudo versus Wilson Heiss. That ended via TKO punches in the second round in favor of Henry Cejudo. You might know Wilson Heiss. He's the uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner who recently lost to Demetrius Johnson. In a dismantling. Completely dismantling. That fight ended in a... He dismantles everybody. Yeah, he really does. That fight ended in a submission. Wilson Heiss is a very high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitor, and he said that he just wished he would have been knocked out. (laughs) 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 Put me out of my my misery. No, because it's so embarrassing because he's such a good... Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. And he got submitted. And he got submitted. Oh, yeah, that's right. DJ, DJ sliced right through his guard and then... He literally teaches uh, jiu-jitsu at Alliance, <sighs> does he? That's I'm pretty sure he does. Humiliating. Um, and then the uh, next fight on that card, Ilir Latifi fought Tyson Pedro, and he won a unanimous decision. Rightfully called the sledgehammer, Ilir. I think his traps, you could just lay a foundation for a building on there. Yeah, he's a gigantic fucking man. Uh, the, the fight that opened up the main card was Jeremy Stevens versus Gilbert Melendez. Powerful Jeremy Stevens won a unanimous decision over Gilbert Melendez. Amazing leg kicks in that fight. Chopped dude, Gilbert Melendez dude. down. If you guys haven't seen it, you, you've got to look up a picture of Gilbert Melendez's leg right Holy now post-fight. fuck. It's it was swollen. It looks like so one of those swollen. trees in Africa that have the bulbs. Oh. So swollen. No oh. hope. No hope for this man. He was life. doing the tie kicks into his shins. Ooh. Just just yeah. The leg kicks. That's what Cerrone does. Cerrone does that to people. Low leg kicks. I've actually he's the only guy I've seen in a long time actually submit a guy. He the guy just I just don't want to be finish kicked anymore. Fight through leg kicks. Yeah, he just kicked him and kicked him and kicked him until finally the guy him just was like, I, "That's it. I quit." I him quit. and Justin Gaethje. Gaethje? Gaethje. Gaethje or Gaethje? It's Gaethje. Well, yeah, there's that rogue J in the middle of his name where I'm like, what the fuck? Tough on the pronunciations there, bro. That's fine, man. (laughs) You got it. It's a 
particular but, pressure, but that possibly the best. Like I know we're getting kind of off topic. That's here, okay. But the best leg kicks, in my opinion, that I've ever seen have got to be Jose Aldo. Oh, well, yeah, Jose he, Aldo. He soccer yeah. kicks people's legs. You look at the Uriah Faber fight; it oh debilitated him in that fight. He was yeah. practically fighting on. He was one on leg. crutches for four weeks after that fight. Talk about wow. a, a literal chopping down. Fucking ridiculous. Okay, so now we're going to move on to UFC 216. Here that, we go. That fight card is on October 7th, 2017. A week from tomorrow, the day we're recording this, it is uh, September 30th right now. We're recording this in studio. The main event on this card, as UFC fans may be aware, is Tony Ferguson versus Kevin Lee. God damn, am I excited for A this. lightweight bout for the interim championship. Tony Ferguson... El Kakui is one bad motherfucker, dude. He, you've known him from explosive fights where he's bleeding all over Edson Barbosa. Caught him in that bloody ass Dars. There were Tony Ferguson embodies work, cardio, violence. Yeah, he trains up in Big Bear in California. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, it's at elevation. I mean, he ran. Does he have that bad tattoo? Um, I mean, really? Of wings on his back? Yes! Yes. <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about now. Yeah. Dude, he's ferocious. Uh, he just beat Rafael Dos Anjos in a decision. We're talking about, he trains up at Big Bear, and he sharpens his elbows yeah. through his training to cut people up. This guy's a bad dude, How do you sharpen and he your knows elbows, it. if you don't mind me asking? Probably like micro-fractures, I guess. Yeah, like micro-fractures. Like the ancient kung fu guys who would kick trees. He's like, like that. Oh. To strengthen so he's legs. fighting Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee just beat Michael Chiesa. If it, it, it's a pretty controversial decision, uh, fuck who's that ref? Not Mazzagatti. Mazzagatti's no. Dana White shits on him all the time. It was a uh, Steve Mariota. What was his name? I think it was Steve Mariota, the Asian guy. Oh, Mazzagatti. I know you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, Yamasaki. It was Mario Yamasaki. Yamasaki. It was Yamasaki. Hundred percent because he's a black belt. Yeah. And um, he stopped the fight early. Kevin Lee had Michael. You know how Ke- I feel about that. He had no, but he had him in a tight ass rear naked. And Michael you Chiesa. Did he tap? No, he didn't. Then there should be. It looks like his arm sleep. went limp. Doesn't matter. You gotta let him go to sleep. You gotta let him go to sleep. Uh, granted, it wasn't a good stoppage, but I don't, I don't fault Mario Yamasaki. I you think have, it was I a do. tough call to make. No, no you have to fault. Yeah, paramedics at ringside let him resuscitate the fucker. It's the, it's not like he's snapping his arm. It's completely exactly. Different. You gotta oh, let God. him go to sleep. You're, you will survive. Look at Michael McDonald. He's in the news right now because he's he's having his Bellator debut soon. He was fighting in the UFC. He w- someone took his back. I don't quite remember who it was. Someone took his back, had him in a deep rear naked choke, and he didn't get. He, he switched position, immediately took the other guys back, and then choked him out in a rear naked choke. Anything can happen in a fight. That's why when it comes to chokes and strangulation finishes, you have to let it go See, this is where Mason knows that I'm a little soft, especially because I care about the safety of the fighters. Nothing's going to happen. Too much. Nothing's going to happen. I'm a Mother Teresa They're paid uh, warriors. That's it. Yeah, but I think that in some cases... They know the risks. When I'm saying refs have to make hard calls, and not all of those calls are going to be right. That was a call that was not right, but I'm saying it was within the margin of error. I, I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think. Regardless, that... Kevin Lee con- comes off that win with a hell of a lot of momentum, especially when he's the talk, talk, tr- trash talking Motown phenom, mm-hmm. and he comes out. He looks good. He's fashionable, and he talks the talk. And he was able to lock down this fight, which I think he should win an award for best campaign since Reagan. And to Kevin Lee's credit against Michael Chiesa, he did take his back and he was... And he was dominant before in that fight. He He had rocked him. 
He was, definitely. And I think it showed his skills perfectly. Granted, though, I do think it is a massive skill jump for Kevin Lee in this fight. Without a doubt, without a doubt, man. I mean, before that, he fought Francisco Trinaldo, and he beat him via rear naked choke. And that Francis was... Francisco Trinaldo, you would know for fame, for being the guy who got his ass kicked by Sage Northcutt. That was Sage Northcutt's first fight. In um, the UFC, I believe, was Francisco Trinaldo. Correct me um, if I'm wrong. I don't believe so. It wasn't that guy? Oh, no, no, it wasn't. My no, bad. Oh, yeah. Francisco Trinaldo's a pretty oh, badass guy. Yes, Francisco Trinaldo's a bad dude. My bad. Yeah. All love to Francisco Trinaldo. Please don't murder me. Yeah, I don't know the, who the hell Sage opened up with. Now, he's someone they threw to the Sharks way too quickly, but that's a discussion for another time. So... Going into this fight, you even touched on it. This is a huge skill jump for Kevin Lee. All right. So, who do you like going into this fight with this stylistic matchup, and just based okay. on the experience these two have? We in know UFC. that we know that Kevin Lee has good cardio, he has fast hands, mm-hmm. and he has great wrestling. All that being said, I believe everything but athleticism. I give the up to Tony Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Granted, I think that uh, Kevin Lee has a bit of a strength advantage, but it's very slight. I agree. We're talking about Tony Ferguson trains relentlessly. He has better wrestling. He's slicker with his funk style jujitsu slash wrestling. His grappling is very funk style oriented. It's amazing. He's tenth planet like, jujitsu with like, Eddie Like you know Bravo. those, um, you know there are a lot of college wrestlers who are traditional fireman's carry double legs guys, mm-hmm. but there are these funk wrestlers that are focused on flow style grappling. And Tony's one of those guys, you know what I mean? And those guys are dangerous because they can get you in a lot of slick submissions. They're very sly with their grappling. They're very tricky. And Tony Ferguson has what I believe are some of the best hips in MMA when it comes to grappling. You know what I mean? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt, man. And I, I just don't see... I, I If Kevin Lee wins this fight, I think it's through an explosive finish. You know what I mean? Yeah, if he wins this fight, it's definitely not going to come via decision. Like you said, Kevin Lee has great cardio, but I just don't see him outpacing Tony Ferguson in a fight like this. I have Tony Ferguson finishing him in the third round via TKO. And and plus, Tony Ferguson, we're talking about this cardio has been battle-tested. He's been in fights where it's been a sprint from start to finish. I know I talked about it earlier, but the Edson Barbosa fight... Are you kidding me? He's just faced better competition. He's, it was foot to the he, floor. He's fought Abel Trujillo. He fought Josh Thompson, Edson Barbosa, Lando Venata, Rafael Dos Anjos. It's just not not the same caliber of guys, all due respect to Kevin Lee. Yeah, and I think that's why I think that it's very dangerous for Kevin Lee to have launched this campaign. As a fighter, you have to believe you're the best on the planet. Oh, As an analyst, mm-hmm. we get the privilege of looking down and deciding who we think would win. You know what I mean? And I think in this case, Kevin Lee probably bit off more than he could chew. But you got to take the best fight you can get. I respect that. But when you take a guy in Tony Ferguson where we were talking about him being uh, well-skilled enough to beat Habib uh, Habib Nurmagomedov. You know what I mean? Yeah, and actually, Habib would have gotten this fight in December with Tony if he would like not die every time he tries to make weight. His liver shuts down on him because he can't stop eating tiramisu. That's terrible. Exactly. But think about that. Uh, We're talking about those two guys who are elite, elite. And then we talk about Kevin Lee, who's very green. Granted, he's been fighting in the UFC for a while, but he was a young guy and he's been developed. Very young. So is is Kevin Lee actually main, the main card, main event on this card? He's the main event, yeah. 
Well, a name like Tony Ferguson, and it is for the interim lightweight book. Yeah, but why oh. would he be the main card, if you don't mind me interrupting, and not Demetrius Johnson? Because it's, it's a much bigger draw. No, not only that, but it's for the belt, and they're heavier. Typically, the, the heavier. Yeah, but is Demetrius Johnson for the belt, too? Yeah, but yeah. it's a heavier... <clears throat> there just because you're heavier, it heavier. means automatically? Not, because not I was just looking on social media, and I do follow it sometimes, and Kevin Lee was saying that Demetrius Johnson should thank him for headlining this card. And I don't understand why he'd be so snippy. I mean, this is a guy who's defended his title how many times? Ten. He's, All right, he's so you're going to get times. shitty with... No, he's, he's just being an asshole, to oh, be okay. honest with you. <laughs> um, he's, just, he's probably poking fun because Demetrius Johnson hasn't had very good uh, pay-per-view buying numbers in the past. Oh, he hasn't done very well yeah. at all in the ratings and department. And it's, it's now the point where like you can statistically look, and whether it's a failing of the UFC and not promoting both. him and actively stifling him, as both. well as it's a fact that with those pay-per-views where it's very skilled and it's great for us dedicated fight fans, for the people who are in fans of the circus, uh-huh. the the smaller guys don't move the scale for them as much. Oh, okay. I have to be honest with you, the, the fans of mixed martial arts in general tend to be pretty sizist. I mean, the, the lighter weight classes really don't get the recognition they, just, they typically deserve. Plus, you look heavyweights, even when they're not bigger names, the ticket sales are higher. I don't understand. Just, just I'd throw- rather watch some of the lighter weight classes go nonstop and the technique and everything else. And there are many people who would agree with you, like Joe Rogan, who likes the pureness of technique. <sighs> but then you see heavyweights, everyone... Finishes. Every, finishes. every fight, someone yeah. goes out on a stretcher. You that's know what true. I'm saying? That's true. And you, that's, that's, heavyweight is one of the divisions. It's especially noticeable. People jump the rankings just for being intimidating. Look at Fran- yeah. Francis Ngannou. He's he's a very intimidating Frenchman, but he really hasn't faced any steep competition as of yet. Of course... Other than Arlovsky. Yeah, but Arlovsky's on a just this steep slide downhill. <laughs> Fast slide. Oh, yeah. he's been He's been on the decline since he uh, fought Brendan Schaub. That was a horrible fight, but Brennan won that fight. Sorry. Oh, it was a god-awful fight, though. Yeah, they, they were both super timid to pull the trigger. They, they were training partners, and it was, it was very clear that they both had a, uh, a good vibe for what they, what they were competent you, with in the cage. So do they you were think just very, the heavyweights just seem to put on a better show? I mean, as um, far as... No, I literally think it's just People sizes. like finishes. Yeah. People, People like, like finishes. finishes. Because they and are, it's very hard for a 125-pound man to flat knock out. Okay. Cuz I just think like they get covered more because you know they were just talking before about how uh, the two heavyweights uh Verdum and Lewis uh they had a luncheon today and they had to be separated because they were just starting to get in each other's faces again. Verdum and Ferguson got in an argument at the luncheon. Um Verdum? Yeah, Verdum and Ferguson, they were Oh going no, at you're it. right. I apologize. Yeah, they were going at it. And there was Why another is that? And and here's another thing that I think hurts DJ's pay-per-view numbers, you know, to refocus a little bit. I think that it's the fact that he also doesn't talk trash. No, he doesn't. He's, He's a stand-up guy. guy. He's he a refuses guy. No, to play true. a part in a lot of the games. People have tried to play games with him in the past. Cejudo, Dodson have tried to lure him into these Twitter battles. He doesn't go for it. DJ doesn't play that, you know? Not at all. He He's a husband. He's a father. He and does his talking in the ring. Yeah. No, man. I mean, DJ is one of the greatest fighters to ever do it. You know, he's taking on Ray, the Tasmanian Devil Borg. Uh, and Johnson, he, he's fighting for oh, history. For- he's fighting for his 11th consecutive title defense. You think he's going to show up? Oh, without a doubt. No, no, not him. I'm talking about his challenger because the last oh, fight yeah. he was in, the guy pulled out last minute. He actually pulled out on DJ last I mean, minute. That's what I'm saying. For, yeah. Because of a viral infection, <clears throat> he couldn't compete his weight cut. Well... You know, which was very unfortunate. Here's the thing about Ray Borg. You want you to say that Kevin Lee was making a skill jump. This is next level. Comparing Ray Borg to that. All right, so say let's Kevin Lee is taking a couple steps up 
you know, in competition. Right. Ray Borg has to traverse the Grand Canyon. Oh, so this is not even... Who, uh, it's a fight. We talk, about a fight. A, we talk about... It's uh, a fight. He anything, can get caught. Anything That's can true. happen, obviously. But we're going to talk about uh, a chasm. And, you know, we've seen greatness come from these chasms. TJ Dillashaw was not given a Snowflake's chance in hell at beating Henan Barrow. Fucked him But up. we saw how that fight went, and especially in the rematch, too. But I'm saying Ray Borg, it, it's so different. You know, his notable wins, Louis Smolka... Um, it was a great fight. Uh, I, I, it's hard to think of other ones off the top of your head, you know what I mean? Yeah. Ray Borg, though, I will say, he's athletic, he's a young guy, he has speed, he's dedicated. All that being said, I see clear disadvantages to DJ across the board. You're going to look at DJ, who's flat-knocked out people in the Joseph Benavidez fight. Then you're going to look at he has slick submission skills. I've never seen anyone transition from styles of martial art. Faster than Demetrius Johnson and no. more fluidly. He's, yeah. he's by far the most proficient at blending the styles together. How many more times do you think he'll fight at this weight class before he goes up? Before he goes um, up, I think he's going to fight Ray Borg and break the record, get 11 consecutive title defenses, and then he's probably going to go for a super fight to get more money. So he'll probably with the fight, 135 champion. Yeah, 135 champion. It'll either be TJ Dillashaw or Cody Garbrandt, depending on how that fight turns out. Who do you think he has a better shot against? Cody Garbrandt. I know, I know Mason likes Cody. I know, Mason's on the Cody Garbrandt train. On we the, have talked about this numerous I times. I know, that's the, reason I, that's the reason I threw out that question. I think that TJ Dillashaw's movement... That's a tough fight. That's a tough fight. And his combos present a significant problem for DJ. And the fact that, you know, DJ's very technical. And with Bang Muay Thai, I think TJ represents an equal, if not greater, threat on the feet to DJ. You think so, huh? Well, he got caught. Like, Plus, you have to take in. Like the, you said, anybody can caught. The last time he got caught by Dotson, you said in that first fight. And we have to talk about size. <laughs> size becomes a real issue because we talked about why DJ moved down in the first place. Bigger it because guys. Because at one thirty-five, he was actually one of the smallest guys on the roster. Oh, okay, yeah. He lost to Dominic Cruz at Bantamweight. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. Which, granted, it's Dominic Cruz. Yeah. But. Look at how there Dominic was a Cruz, clear size advantage. Look at how Dominic Cruz, Cruz was then dismantled by Cody Garbrandt. Granted, it's Dominic Cruz post, post f- three catastrophic like injuries Cruz, yeah. and severe plantar fasciitis on his feet. Regardless, regardless, Cody yeah, Garbrandt off is to, a fucking dangerous. Yeah, but he took fighter. that title away from wasn't it Delshaw? Yes, yes. And it, I mean, a convincing Cruz, No, no, no. It was a very close fight. Cruz versus Dillashaw. Some people had it. Uh, some people had it scored close. for Dillashaw. Yeah. I did. Like, I know Cameron had a score for Dillashaw. I did, too. I did. Because Dillashaw threw power shots. Dominic was throwing volume. Right. You know, he Dominic won that fight the way GSP... We're getting very far. I know, no. I know. It was <laughs> my fault. Okay, well, well, we'll bring it back. Okay, Demetrius Johnson versus <laughs> Ray Borg. I'm sorry. Let's go round table. Who do you see winning this fight? Um, I'm going to start off. It's a clear uh, mismatch in my case. Demetrius Johnson has cleared out this division... And it's only logical that in the future he steps up for the super fight. Yeah. I see him beating Ray Borg in a third to fourth round submission win. I uh, think so too. Yeah, I, I have I, I have him finishing in a similar no fashion. Uh, but I do say I do to Ray Borg's He's credit. Lose. Ray Borg has a chin on him. He's been known to be able to take power shots. He's been known to be able to take damage on the feet. I do not see DJ knocking Ray Borg out. I could, see, I could see though. I could see a TKO, to be honest with you. Really? If it gets to the fourth round, I could see DJ smothering him with his pressure. D- DJ has literally out, outpaced people who have been ta- ha- yes. who have popped positive for EPO. Like He's literally outpaced all of those guys. But with, 
undoubtedly this is a great opportunity. Plus, Ray Borg has not had many. I, I think this is his first five round fight in the UFC. If I'm yeah, not yeah absolutely. And he's very, very young, so this is a great learning opportunity for Ray Borg. But I'm rooting for the. I'm rooting to see a good. Sh- I want DJ to win, obviously, because we're Mighty Mouse fans. Yeah, I'm a big DJ but fan. But I want to see a good showing from the Taz Mexican Devil. You know, without a doubt. So, uh, well, how do you see it winning in the specific case? Uh, I think he's going to submit him in the third round. Ah, DJ's got similar him. to me. Yeah. I just think there's no contest. So then the next fight on this card is Fabricio Verdum oh. versus Derek Lewis. Very interesting bout. It's very, very interesting. I am also a partial, I'm a Black <laughs> Beast fan. I'm just going to be throwing it out there I now. I am too. I think, I think he's what this heavyweight division needs right now. He's a very, very entertaining fighter. Got personality at the wazoo. And his Instagram has some of the most fire memes <laughs> on the entire platform. This is an official shout out. Go check out Derek Lewis, the Black Beast Instagram. He has... Straight fire, you'll be laughing your ass off. So Verdum is coming off of a majority decision loss to Alistair Overeem. But then an extremely well fought fight. Absolutely. And then you have Derek Lewis coming off a TKL loss versus Mark Hunt. Powerful Mark Hunt. That that fight was I felt really bad for Derek Lewis. Samoan super soldier's got a fight. Here's the thing, Derek Lewis, he's entertaining. He's explosive. We all know that he has power in his hands, and he can straight up mollywop some people. We, we are aware of this. That being said, uh, Verdum is just all-around skilled. You know what I mean? And, and the Black Beast has had problem in the past with his gas tank. Yeah. Especially, he's had a couple hands... Heavyweights, it's always that way. Yeah, but Derek Lewis has had yeah, a couple hands-on hips moments in the octagon. Mm-hmm. If you see, have seen some of his fights, especially his earlier fights. He's working on that, and he's doing more sprints. But then you take it to a guy with Verdum. Who submitted Fedor Emelianenko? He submitted many of the best. He submitted he submitted Cain Velasquez. If Fabrizio Verdum makes one more title run, you could easily argue that he is the greatest heavyweight of all time. Verdum outpaced Cain uh, Velasquez in their last meeting. If people if people forget that, and you're talking about a guy who is healthy, completely healthy at 230 to 240 pounds. That's a scary man, especially when he knocked out people with Muay Thai clinch knees, the plum clinch knees. You remember that, the Mark Hunt fight? Yeah. Knocked him out with a stellar plum clinch knee. It was absolutely devastating. Personally, I would love to see the Black Beast land that killer overhand right, put Verdum to sleep, but the grappling is going to be a real concern, especially when it weighs on Derek Lewis's cardio. It, it could be a real worry. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I think that um, I, I'd like Derek Lewis to win, but I really see Fabricio getting the job done here. I see, especially if Derek Lewis doesn't get it done by the end of the second, they're a real... Halfway through concerns. the second round, I can really see this starting to go Fabricio for Doom's way. So I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, Fabricio gets a TKO late in the second, early in the third round. But for the, for the love of the heavyweight division... I would love to see Derek Lewis win because he's a personality that I would like to see at that top level. Talking trash with a steepy, steep a, not steepy, <laughs> or talking trash with an Alistair. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is his chance to break into that. That being said, I see Verdum in the second to third round KO or catching him in a grappling submission. Okay. I see it's a very real possibility that he gets a takedown, goes to his back, and chokes him out. Hmm. Do you have any take on the fight? I don't really know the fighters that well, to be honest with you. I'm the one person that's <laughs> caught out of sword here. I'll talk about superheroes and cinema and all day, but uh, Verdum I do know, but it's... it's what, What's their overall records? 
right now. Do you know that? Well, heavyweights sure? always tend to have a more salty record. Uh, yeah. Because, because all it is the heavyweight division. We're talking about you can get dropped with a jab. Yeah. Fabrizio you know? is 40 years old. I mean, these heavyweights have been around for Around. And that's yeah. the one thing. You keep bringing that's up the, the names and the that we keep hearing over and over again. Like. It's like a high school fight club where they've all knocked out each other before. I know. And that's why I like Derek Lewis is getting Then if sh- they drop off the face here, they go to Bellator for a while and then they come back. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's also true. why you see these cases, as Mason was talking about before, where Francis Nagano wins two fights and all of a sudden he's catapulted to the top ten. I know. I just don't understand that. Yeah, I don't understand it either. I mean, it's just but, because it's, it's a dying I mean, the ranking just blow my Derek mind. If Derek Lewis comes out here in shape, I think he has a very real possibility of shocking people. It all depends on how his camp went and if he's really like factored. Dedicated. Yeah, if, he's, yeah. if he dedicated Plus, a great portion to his cardio and there, making sure he could nullify the grappling of Fabrizio. There is there. a real concern because Derek Lewis, we all know, he was being an amazing person helping his hometown of Houston during uh, Hurricane sure Harvey. He literally, that. he was all over the news because yeah. he, he was literally saving, quite literally saving people's lives. Absolutely. Yeah. He was using his lifted truck and just getting people I think he there. saved two people from drowning in their cars. Just an absolute amazing guy. That that does cause stress, though. Especially in For your sure. home and your hometown being torn apart. So hopefully it didn't affect his camp too much. So now we'll move to the fight that's opening up the main card. We have Benil Dariush versus Evan Dunham. All right? You guys might know Benil Dariush is coming off of a flying knee KO against Edson <laughs> Barbosa. Yeah, I think I it saw that. It was fucking brutal. He yeah, got vicious. dead. Devastating. It was it was rough to watch, and Evan Dunham is coming off of a decision win over Rick Glenn, and the fight before that, he beat my favorite fighter, oh, Joe Lozon. Just breaks uh, my heart. It was super sad to watch. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Joe Lozon was having some hand or wrist issues in that fight, so he was just marching forward, and it, taking a lot of abuse. Yeah, because it, Joe Lozon's got this boxing style where he tends to shell up, and the the punches that he's getting hit with i'm using air quotes for those of you can't see he gets hit with they really don't land they're glancing shots he takes them on the top of the head or his hands but it but in the judge's eyes it looks it looks as though it's doing damage but it's really but it's traditional boxing reflecting and moving with the punch as long as it's not a clear shot you can still maintain and keep moving forward that being said dunham did win the fight pretty decisively yeah he he, he won it for sure which but, i'm calling i like to call benil dariush salt in the wound you know what i mean benil dariush is an absolute beast of a striker but he's talked a about beast of a striker. he struggled to make it to the top of the division every time he fights the five. elite of the elite like edson barbosa no we saw that even before that in the jeremy stevens fight you know what i'm talking about jeremy stevens is jeremy an elite stevens, fighter Bar- ben- exactly benil dariush was given that chance to step up against Jeremy Stevens, and he's so skilled, but he's this problem where he just gets caught, and ironically enough, also with a flying knee knockout. Well, because in a fight he was winning, he tends to follow patterns like many other fighters have a game plan, and he would lead with his jab. He would lead with his jab to assess distance, and then he would go for a takedown. And he was landing the jab very effectively against Edson Barbosa. And why would you change up? And he also dips his head a lot to dodge strikes. Edson Barbosa was picking up on this. He was like, okay, he's hitting me with this jab. And then going for And then takedown. he's going in for a takedown. And then into the second round, Edson was able to time this. As soon as... Sprawled down on him. Dariush threw that jab. He knew that a shot was coming and it just had that knee primed and ready. And, boom. And it's also right a movement that Benil uses to set up a lot of his punches and kicks. So he does that dip down to feint the takedown. And that's how he lands all of his significant strikes. Like if you saw in the Stevens fight, where he's able to land some of these overhand rights, was when he would jab, which he is an amazing jab. He would jab in, go for that takedown, like Mason said, only faint, go over top. 
Both right. hands, right? Because normally you would drop your hands to defend against your legs, and then boom. But when yeah. you get a little tired, there's a little weight to your arms. You know, you feel you feel yourself panting a little bit. That's when he's been known to get caught with the stuff, which is so tragic because his skill set is that of a top five fighter. Yet every time he's given these chances, yeah, it tends not to go his way. Which is really it all comes down to your. It's a side of the it's a side of the fight game that you have to take. Some guys, as skilled as they are, just can't make it to that next level. Oh, absolutely. And you know, granted, he beats most of the guys in the roster in that division. For sure. I, I and, this, and this fight has the potential to be fight of the night, in my opinion. And I think... It could definitely be one of the more fun fights on this card. Um, I'm going to have to give the nod to Dariush in this. I think his striking is superior to Dunham's. And I think he's got enough um, Greco-Roman style wrestling to not let Dunham get in that clinch and utilize and let Dunham utilize his jiu-jitsu. And I was going to say, uh, I agree with you completely. I think that Evan Dunham... And on contrast to Benil Dariush, is much more rigid with his movement. He's yeah. much more traditional, traditional MMA style, where he has solid boxing and kicks, but is struggling to really transition that completely in all facets of his game. And there's some lacking movement that I've seen, whereas Benil is much better at flowing, and he and he just has the aspects of a higher level fighter. You know what I mean? A lot of other fighters have this static, uh, you know, perception of their movement. You need to be very fluid, and your movement needs to be efficient. There can't be many wasted steps because over the course of a fight, that could lead to you tiring faster than your opponent. But Dunham's tough as all hell, so I'm going to see this one going the distance in a decisive, very decisive, unanimous decision victory for Dariush. Well, yeah, but you don't get fight of the night for that. That's, I think that's it will true. be a fight of the that's night. That's not true. No, there have been decisive yeah. decisions that are fight of the night. Well, you know okay. what I mean? Where it's so an it's... automatic slugfest. Carlos Condit, Robbie Lawler, for example. Yeah. I mean, talk about that. That went to a decision. One of the most explosive fights, fights I've ever seen. That fifth round, who can yeah. knock that? It was a straight-up sprint. So, so, so who are your fight of the night picks? I think um, Tony Ferguson versus Kevin Lee is going to get fight of the night. Oh, but yeah. Benil Dariush versus Evan Dunham is going to be a, an absolute uh, great fight. I think the um, performance of the night is going to go to Tony Ferguson getting that win over Kevin Lee. And I think Demetrius Johnson may get some nods for that uh, post-fight bonus as well. Uh, yeah, I think Demetrius Johnson has the highest potential for bonus on this record. Granted, there's a heavyweight fight on the card, so I'm, I'm yeah. going to make a little bit of an ass of myself saying that there's no bonus going there right. because we know heavyweights fights. Yep. Like, whenever you put two heavyweights on a roster, you've seen that in the Travis Brown, um, uh, I'm, I'm, um, the, oh my God, I can't believe I'm blanking. Travis Brown and Arlovsky, that fight, you know what I'm talking that about? That fight was ridiculous. You have fights like that where it's, an absolute slobber knocker where they both get shit rocked and are yeah. falling over each other like they're two glitchy NPCs in Grand Theft Auto. They were all over the you place. You know, yeah. it's in crazy. It's crazy. Um, so I see they looked the, like wacky inflatable tube men. I see the bonus where, uh, for Fight of the Night going to Fabrizio Verdum or Derek Lewis or Demetrius Johnson or Ray Borg with the performance of the night coming from Tony Ferguson. Yeah, so that would be the main card. And with Johnson going for his 11th consecutive title defense, who do you guys feel is the best fighter to ever do it? Or the best fighter going on right now, if you can't really think of it? Where do you see John Jones falling with all of his things going on? And by oh. things, I mean fucking Tarinabal in his urine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. He tested positive again. Mm -hmm. This is twice now. This time post-fight. Three. Three times. Yeah. Three the, out of four The question is, in the USADA era... Which I think we should frame it within this. In the USADA era, who is the best fighter, right? Because if we 
you know, yeah, John, you John really, John really does. You have to. You have to go by the when John era. went against this, it calls a lot of his victories into question. Exactly. Exactly. Because and you have to think all these other fighters were clearly tested. Look at the fight. Look the at the fight. Well, but that's my point. He he did he passed the all of his USADA drug tests for his fights against OS, OSP, and he fought like compared to his other performances like shit. Man. Like shit. He Granted, was it was short notice. It was short fair. notice. He had ring rust, but he did not look like John Jones in there. No, he did not. Even though he did win, it was a landslide decision. It, it was nothing close to John Jones' fashion. No, no. Where the John Jones who was standing guillotining Leota Machida, who was letting his arm be hyperextended by Vitor only to land. Yeah, but do you think that's all contributed to the point that he did have a drug problem? He did have such a problem that rumors were that he wasn't. He you wasn't know, even practicing you know, anymore. It comes to the question, I call it the Jimi Hendrix. Does the great music come from the drugs? Or did the drugs come as a result from the great music and the fame? Yeah, they do the same thing about Stephen King. No, I mean, to be honest with you, I really don't feel like John Jones needed to take these... St- He's so talented. There's no question. There's no question know. of his talent. There's no question of his talent, and there's also no question that he had a severe discipline issue. John Jones... Which led to a recreational drug problem. Absolutely, and John Jones consistently yeah. let us down, and he and he just and as yeah, you, but, and you consistently know also makes you wonder though did is it, it did one come before the other? Grady's a great talent, yeah. but did he need the drugs to overcome the other? That's great what talent? I'm saying. It brings no. it to the Hendrix. No, did he need the cocaine? Then why is he taking it? Yeah, why was he? For why was he taking to, to run an, an edge? edge? You you need, yeah, but it, you, you don't need an edge if you're better than no. At, else. at this elite level, you never know what can happen, and if if you if you're willing. If you're willing to work as hard as they have to to get to this level, you're you're definitely going to be willing to to take a drug to get a ten percent. Yeah, but the other guys did. It's a question of integrity. It's a question of integrity, and I don't think John Jones had any when he wanted to come back against DC. And for that reason, I I simply can't put him up there because it, I don't know in my mind how long he's been taking steroids. Exactly. And Terinabol, for those of you who do not know, it's an old steroid. Yeah. It's a very old steroid. It dates back to. The, the 60s or 70s, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Um, and a lot of people say if you're taking that kind of thing... You're on so many other substances and, that and you, were not And you found. have to go to a chemist who really... <laughs> by chemist, I mean someone who knows how to handle that drug, use it correctly, and and has to be able to really play with it to get your body to perform that There way. are sports scientists who specialize in this. And he, that's... Put, put it this way, that that's the kind of guy he's going to? Come on. And you know, it's frustrating because, Matt, you know as well as anyone, I was in the Jodes camp for as long as I, I was possibly stumped. I was I was, I was with him through the pregnant car accident where he hit the pregnant woman. But that's when I started getting I was it. with him through the cocaine days, yeah. fighting Gustafson. I was fuck. I was even willing to bite on the fact that his first negative drug test was a tainted sample, right? I, but this is overwhelming at this point. I could, I, I'm off he the John Jones train. He's been fucking up in an extraordinary way for a prolonged amount of time. This is a and, five year fuck up fest. And, but here's the whole thing: How long are we going to continue to waste time, time, money, when we have advertising, and we have other fighters within the UFC putting on great performances, doing it without failing their drug tests, and should be getting that spotlight now? That's why I'm saying that Demetrius Johnson. Unequivocally, in my mind, is the best fighter right now in the UFC. You have to John put him Jones, as your number one. You have John to. Jones has to, in my mind, in my mind, has to be disqualified now. He cannot from be the, on the discussion. List. He cannot, he cannot be, on the list. be the goat. If Jordan had multiple scandals like this, and, and you know what I mean. Yeah, but it's great. He had. 
he never did. He never did. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But John Jones did, and my thing is, and is they so should just so ban him for life and move on. They won't ban him for life. They won't ban no. him for life. He'll and get three no. years. John Jones. But you know why they won't? John ban Jones him? will be back. Yeah, you know why? Why? He's Dana White's boy. And he gets, and he does have amazing, massive public appeal. His fights are usually sorry, explosive. Man. The UFC so needs him, especially in, especially in a time like this where Conor McGregor, the biggest star, you don't know when he's going to come back. You don't know when he he's can gonna... practically hold the UFC board for ransom. Absolutely. So you, so you have the whole problem. I think that's due to the fact that Dana White and and I know I'm sounding like I'm bashing him. There is no UFC today if it's not for Dana White. You're Let right. me say that. Okay? Yes. Let me say it from the beginning. Dana White I, and the Fertitta brothers. Yes. And. and I think he's done great for the sport. I gave up watching the NFL and came to the UFC because of what he turned it into. And I got tired of the NFL. I got tired of that sport. I'm and I watch way. it now. The Millionaire's Club. Yeah, the Millionaire's Club who sit around and whine about, I want more money, I need more time off. And then you got Warriors stepping out into the octagon, going day after day. And, it all and on the line. line. In pure competition. Exactly. Picking the best skilled matchups instead of the matchups that people want to see. But this is what scares me. This thing that scares me is this what's, what's wrong football this is what went wrong with boxing and now we're starting you know, to see glimpses of it within in the ufc dana white has to get off the horses that no longer great we might need him but you know what ban him for five years ban him for five teach years. him a lesson teach him a, he needs to be taught you just can't stroll back in and here's the or, other thing i think, you're I not think gonna the ban maximum five, fine for this is only four if, years fine, if you're not give gonna, him four if you're not he gonna, four. if you're not gonna ban him for the maximum hit his wallet let nah. him know that this is important for the fans. Money, money he him. don't care. He don't care. If he managed and, his money well, he shouldn't need anything he, else. That's that's not going to affect millionaires. And here's the other thing that bothers me, okay? Stop awarding belts for no reason. The, the, well, this goes into what the UFC has become now ever since <sighs> they sold. To they, WME. As, as, as a fight purist and MMA purist, we... We seek to, to see the best fighters go against the best fighters, regardless of their draw potential or their star power. That's what was so attractive about the UFC. It was logical. This person has this skill. This person has this skill. Is the next logical matchup. Number one contender against the champion. champion. And that's the way it's Thank going you. to be. And when they lose, everybody moves up the everybody chain. Everybody shifts up. And the best man fights. And the only, or best woman. And, the only, and that's the way it should be. And the only time there was an interim belt was when the champion had a very serious sports injury and couldn't fight for a period of a year and a half. And then you have one and two. Yeah, and you have the one interim champion and he doesn't fight after that and he waits for the champion. To unify the belts. But now they're creating um, interim belts Willy all nilly, the all the time. They gave Jones a belt a back when he came back again against Why? OSP. Because people like to see I don't pe want it. People, people like, like to see, see fighters goal. fight for belts. That's what I'm the UFC has it. become now. Nah, it's sports. It be about that. I, I agree completely. It's, I agree. I, I want to preserve the purity of the sport, but now it's just sports entertainment. And like, granted, I don't like that particular direction, but I enjoy mixed martial arts and fighting so much that I'll continue to watch it regardless of but what's I going do on. Think it's it's dangerous when you're giving away belts like candy. And it's plus, diluting the sport. Yes, and, it does. And when you do this, you're opening it up. It devalues it. Exactly. Absolutely. And Absolutely. soon, it's it's going to get to the point where uh, other organizations rides up in prominence. And now you're going to have multiple belt champions across multiple organizations. And we're going to have boxing all over again. I where, really hope are that's you the, the ABA, case, right? WBC, yeah, exactly. WBF yeah. A champion? I don't want to hear that. I just don't want to hear know, that. You let's, know, let's count up the but, belts. But that all started... And unfortunately, say I mean he deserves to get paid. But when they sold the league again, they sold it. 
he made his money, and then it became about the dollar. And we're not knocking about, the Fertitta no. brothers or Dana White. They no. made this sport here. No. They put on the back alley shows in the beginning. Yep. They funded it with their own money. Money, I know. Hundreds they of thousands deserve, of dollars. They deserve the money. But please don't forget about the guys don't and the about girls the stepping in the ring. And when you have guys failing drug tests and you got guys doing it the right way, you stop in, Stop. Invest in the fighters that have been consistent. And doing Amanda right. Nunes, yes. Demetrius Johnson. Yes. Speaking of this, Tony Ferguson recently went on record saying that if the UFC makes the Conor McGregor Diaz yeah. three matchup, everything the UFC stands for goes yep. out the window. And I, I believe he's referring to the purity of the sport yep. and the fact that Diaz. He's not even one of the top, top contenders exactly. in the lightweight division. That's the but reason. But keep throwing the him to the champion. The last lightweight fight he had was Michael Johnson a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, I But believe. that's my whole point. You kept saying you want to see the rubber match. I don't want to see it. For entertainment's sake. Entertainment I don't want to see sake. it. You have to imagine that for entertainment's sake, it's at least intriguing. Can you admit that on the outside? No. No. Because I want to see... You got guys in the weight classes fighting their way up the ranks right now who want a shot at Connor. So you're going to tell them, I know you want to fight him. I know you've paid your dues. I know you're doing everything the right way. But we're going to go with this cheesy fight over here with a guy who hasn't fought in a weight class in two and a half years. Yeah, I understand. You All can't right. banish men like Tony Ferguson who have fought at a regular basis. Exactly. It just puts the division on hold. Yeah. All of those That's people who are point. being competitive and he fighting did, often and have that to is, wait. And that is a criticism that does hold true. He did hold the featherweight division captive, ransom. captive for two years. Which is ridiculous. Which is it's it is. It's Can ridiculous. you blame him though? Can you blame him because no, no. you give out. the belt no. up. It's the you give no, the belt up, and then you go about your business, and you come back and win. This is not a discussion like boohooing Connor for getting his money. This is no. a critique of the system. Yes, allowing him to be to have to have uh, weight classes held captive, and to have these but money this, fights this... take place while. You can have these my takes take yes. place as exhibition matches. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better. But then that falls to where my point again is. Dana White should have just stepped up with some balls and said, listen, Connor, go make your money. I think it's a great fight. Give me the belt. When you come back, we'll rank you in the top three and you can go back for your Fuck, belt. Fuck, we'll give you a title shot. Exactly. I'm fine with that. I'm even fine with that. Win or lose on your exhibition. But you know what? You go do what you want to do. We got to move on here. These yeah. guys have been fighting. And they're chomping at the bit, and they're making marginal money compared to what Connor's making. Nothing marginal. That's one Nothing thing that Tony Ferguson touched on. He was like, I'm fighting the, the most dangerous men, men in on the, the world, face of the and earth. I'm getting paid percentages of what yes. Connor's getting paid. Percentages! No, no, that yeah, brings me when to you a think about it, he, he draws a and percentage of the number of people Conor McGregor brings to the table. That is, That's what it's about That is now. another fair... It's no, about no, eyes, eyes on the TV. He's fighting literal murderers. Edson Barbosa. No one's, no, one's, no one's arguing that. No one's arguing. He's fighting the tougher guys. He's being more active. He's being more forthcoming. Putting his saying, health on the line. I, exactly. I want to fight. I'm doing this. I want to be the UFC world champion. Conor... You can't fault him. He he wants to make his money. And he needs to go get paid. He said that, but give the belt up. He said that give from the, the very up. beginning. As soon as he got into the UFC, he's like, I'm here to this make my money. money game. And I'm going to get And out. I don't begrudge someone making a living. But don't hold the other nine guys up. I agree completely. And that's where the UFC failed, not Connor. Yes. Connor but, did nothing wrong. Connor actually was a smart a, businessman. It's a new and pattern. he wrote his ticket. He wrote his golden yes, ticket. Yes, but that's to a the new pattern. Factor. That's the pattern I'm talking about. Where Dana White holds everybody up because he picks one or two horses or one or two guys that he likes all the time. And 
sacrifices literally different weight classes and a whole bunch of people to make sure these certain little people are happy. I will agree that the McGregor case does set a dangerous precedent. John Jones too. Because now you see all these fighters who used to be purists wanting that strap. Now talking about these crazy money fights that make no sense. Exactly. That I mean, hence, just hence St. Pierre Bispin. No kidding. Who cares? St. Pierre's coming out of retirement doing fucking gymnastics. It's a money grab. It's called a money grab. Yeah. And t t speaking of money grab, I think people are vastly overestimating the pay-per-view draw GSP brings to the table. Oh, yeah. he does. I'm not... I don't think from so. From an economic I don't think standpoint... So. He, I, I pay to see him in... Uh, uh, Wax soldier bring, again. He's bringing all of Toronto with him. You have to all of uh, Canada. Yeah. Oh, that's a huge market. There are a lot of people in Canada. <laughs> I think you'd. I think you'd be surprised. You I know? just I think you'd be surprised. He hasn't fought in a long time. But he, I think he's a superstar. That being said, you think he's a superstar? GSP. I think that being said, really, GSP is most definitely a superstar. He's definitely a superstar. He he signed a multi-million dollar deal with Hayabusa. He's a superstar. That being said. He has no business getting a title shot no coming out of the fucking woodwork five years removed. That's my whole point. And now you're talking about not even this is a new current event. Michael Bisbing is trying to get a fight with DC. DC is begging oh to fight God. Michael Bisbing. This, this is turning into the Ringling Brothers where, hey, guess what? It's, it's like whose line is anyway. The points are made up and the rules don't matter. Yeah, but you know what? DC just came out today and he said he... Has declared that the next challenger for the title will be will be Vol Volkan Uzdemir. Volkan Uzdemir, no time, and no that, time. And that's what he just said. He said he's over it. Deserved. It was just on Twitter. Volkan today. Volkan's gonna be the um, light heavyweight world champion, and he's got forty five Twitter followers. <laughs> yeah, that's no. the funny part. I truly think. Well, he did. When that fight DC gets announced, just came out and, and just said when it. When that date gets announced, we'll do a breakdown of that fight. I'd love to talk about. Speaking that. of Mike, Michael Bisping versus Daniel Cormier, hey Michael, you've had an illustrious long career. After you fight George St. Pierre, regardless of the outcome, you've got to retire, man. You've got to retire. You've got one eye. He has one eye. I know. And, but I get what he's... I, get, I can't... Once again, I think it's the system's fault, not Bisbing's fault. No. Because Bisbing's enjoying his time in the sun. He's well, got a, he got his Henderson fight back. Now he's going not to fight only GSP that. for Guess the what? money. What, but what did he do? What? Knocked out. You know he knocked the out Rockle? Rockle? That's yeah. my I know point. what I'm saying. Now he's enjoying his time in the sun. Well, you he can translate people, into Hollywood. People, I'm, I'm tired of him talking to. I'm tired of him talking to. But he can't shut him up because he's got the belt. And plus, no, because I think he's doing this. He's taking all these money fights and these weird fights like the Henderson fight because he wants to enjoy his time in the sun before yeah. he has to go back and fight killers like Luke Rockhold, Chris Weidman, Yoel Romero, Robert Whittaker. Oh, because nobody's going to overlook him this time. He's not going to Not like Luke Rockhold. He's not yeah. going to fight And if Robert guys. Wicker comes in and doesn't under underestimate him, that is a tough fight. Not yeah, but fight you know what? I'm just tired of Luke that Rockhold is one tough, running his awesome. mouth. About Bisbane and his reign on the championship, and you know what? Speaking, he, he's just he's just a, a sore loser. Speaking of Rockhold's comments, I'm tired of it, man. He said recently on on Twitter, I believe Bisbane said it on TV. Oh, he yeah. said it on, on UFC TV. Now? He said it yes, on he Fox. Did. Fox Sports. Well, One. I saw a tweet talking about it. Oh, sure. He said that Bisbane's title reign has been the worst in, in history. UFC history. history. And while it has been a circus, him trying to get his losses back from Henderson, and then uh, this new fight with GSP, I don't think it's nearly the worst. I think a worse one would actually be Luke Rockhold's title reign. I agree with you completely. Look, looking over a fighter and getting knocked out. He yeah, dismantled Chris Weidman post fucking atrocious wheel kick. Credit where credit's due. 
He beat the shit out of Chris Weidman. He beat the yep. shit out of Chris Weidman. He he definitely that that began the 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 steady decline of Chris Weidman's career in my opinion. Sure. He's been sliding down ever since then. Either not making weight or getting knocked out in the first round. Completely looked past a Michael Bisping on Absolutely. short notice. Michael Bisping was off in Canada shooting triple X forty one or whatever. What the fuck do you I'm say making. more than ever? It only takes one shot. It only takes one shot. And he got caught. A flush left on the chin. That's it. And it was exactly as Jason Perillo, Michael Bisping's trainer, said. Like Luke leaves his left after he throws the left hand, he leaves his chin sky wide open. Does he right right over the top? He overcommits with his punches because he has no respect for Michael Bisping. And that's what happened. And and he almost got knocked out by David Branch. He almost did. I mean, he ended up finishing via punches, but pretty soundly. But it was a little worrying in the very first round. But then David Branch completely fell off. It was very disappointing. But well, the I just found it funny that Luke Rockhold would even go out and. And begin to bash. And talk and trash about the man that knocked him dead. Yeah. But to be fair is fair, once again, Rockhold did knock Bisbing dead in their first encounter. Well, guess what? Years prior. choked him out. Years prior. Yeah. Ancient history. But we'll go on to the next one. Floyd May- Mayweather said Floyd he Mayweather was, back in the fucking news. Yeah. Said he was holding back on Conor McGregor. He could have caused brain damage, but didn't want to do so. Doesn't that make you feel good? Now you boys paid for the fight. Get isn't the it, fuck isn't out it of good my knowing, face with that dude? Yeah, but isn't it no? Doesn't it make you feel good inside knowing that the fight you paid a hundred dollars for? He was holding back the whole time. He was time? holding back the whole time. Oh man, that's like that guy. Is that bitter? That's like I the think. guy on the playground Best. when it's like the big bully fights the little kid and the little kid gets a good punch on him. Oh, I let and you. And then he knocks the little kid down and he's like, "Dude, I was toying with you." I was just toying with him. I was giving him a little lead. That's terrible, man. Um, I think that, of course, Floyd won that fight, fair and square. Outclassed Connor in the later rounds. Not even Without close. a doubt. But a doubt. to say that you were holding back is a bold statement, sir. Yeah, but you shouldn't have said that it, because you know what? I'd never pay for another here's freaking the thing. fight. If he had again. contextualized that and said that... He didn't. If he had contextualized that, I'm saying if he did, which he may have been meaning that at the very end of the fight... Right. You know he doesn't explain right. himself very no. well. He can't read. Yes. <laughs> doesn't need well, to. he can read. When he holds back and he everybody, pays, everybody can, pays to watch it. I was going to yeah. say, he can read his bank statements. Yeah. You know, he can read it's that. It's numbers. He is yeah. Money Mayweather. But I will say, you have to give him credit in the fact that if he can, if he contextualized it, what he, if what he was meaning was that toward the stoppage, he oh wanted to be more God. precise with his punches. You're giving him such credit. You're not letting me finish. I know, because and you're just giving the guy so finish. much credit. No, I didn't want to put, put yeah. Conor McGregor down, which I think there was a real possibility if that Why? fight kept going, he could have put Conor McGregor put him down. He could have. But that's what we're watching to happen. Well, fighters step in the ring. Aren't you watching to see who, who puts who down? He knows that Conor has a long career ahead of him in MMA, and if he was oh, contextualizing wow. it like that... I well, could see that. I, I, no, you're right. You know what? No, don't, don't why, poo. Why, don't, should, you, no, no, why no. should you not have the killer instinct? Wait, wait, wait. There's no wait. No, you're not letting me finish. They can have killer instinct and still care about the health of their opponent. Example, no. i.e. Mark Hunt. No. Mark Hunt has been known and renowned for being ferocious and getting knockouts, but walking off and not causing undue damage to his opponents. Really? How did that, that work out sh- for him when... Uh, Look at Joe, Joe Lozon versus Takanori Gomez. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What happened you're not with Brock Lesnar, who tested positive steroids... And he, what does he do? Comes in, test the positive steroids. They probably had to test. That's a completely different issue. Now you're now you're painting us as uh, saying that it's okay to use. St- all no. I know is it's just I can't believe you're giving him a pass. How I'm not giving him a pass. pass? I'm you not are. giving him a pass. I'm saying possibly what he meant was. Mm. 
That's what you want to hear in a fight when you're paying two guys to step into and a no, ring and only I think one it to is step a, out. And I think it is a, is a nice thing to be concerned about your health of the, yeah. of the opponent yeah. post fight. Yeah. Post fight. I think that's yeah. very important. And you saw it with Mark. During Hunt. the fight, you should be doing. You should have vicious intentions. And right. I think he was. Did you think that he? So when he, someone says they're holding back, that's a vicious intention. No. No. That's. I, what, that I was, agree with you. I agree okay. with you. I think I but think cameras here going well. You know, no, what? He's, he's trying to concerned. he's trying to provide context because Floyd no. was lacking. And plus, in a, in an age where our media takes a single sentence and broadcasts it to the world as your opinion, I felt like I had a duty to at least defend his statement a little bit. Kind of, just sure. try. You know? Yeah, just try. Obviously, it's a stretch to try to contextualize you know, it like I that. Just have such a problem with. You that. have to admit that Mark Hunt, with his walkout knockouts, is is. It's gentlemanly, you know what I mean? In a way. We've seen some vicious stoppages. Still, bra- brain trauma is brain trauma. Yeah. Know? But, you know, it's much less traumatic than Daniel Cormier's stoppage where he got stopped by John Jones in his most I recent I agree, bout. yeah. I agree. Where that could cause long-term effects. Look at look at Luke Rockhold beating up Chris Weidman. Oh, yeah, we've seen he that. He doesn't even seem the same. Yeah. Period. And well, that's what happens. But they know that. See, this is the part I don't understand. I don't understand about football players either. If you know what you're walking into... They do. They know what they're signing up for. Absolutely. Well, then... Pugilistic, pugilistic dementia is well documented. Okay, then. Yeah. Not only that, I'm sure they all have And that's CTV. why fighters are... Some fighters, granted, you know, I don't think Mike Perry's very concerned about the health of the other fighters. <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I guess I sound cold just because I really think if you're going in there, knowing that the fact there's, there's two end results... Either I'm gonna I'm gonna win this fight or he's gonna win the fight. I'm gonna make without a shadow of a doubt. Because here's the thing: anybody can get well, caught, right? Well, I do right? think then, then you should well, buy. If, uh, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna let him hang in there and coast for a few rounds just to make it look interesting because you're holding back, well, I could get caught. I I think you should buy a platinum Perry fight kit because I don't think he a wants the ref to step in and stop it after he's Perry knocked the opponent out. I think you'd be happy to finish him within the cage. <laughs> yeah, but then and then you hear that, and Based then in space tattoos. Then, have to then agree in with you. UFC fight two uh, event two fifteen, they had multiple fighters, See, multiple fighters. See, you know, let me finish. Yeah, multiple fighters put on prolonged extensions and leave due to injuries and concussions within the ring, and none of those guys held back. They're putting it on the line. They're not. Yeah, exactly. But that's. I, I, what I was going to say is, and we, I talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, I let everyone know I am partial to the safety and the health of the fighters. I, I like to err on the side of protecting the fighters. Like in the Weidman fight, that was an example where if you don't protect the fighter, it can have lasting effects on their career. Weidman had a cracked chin before uh, that fight. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm in favor of preventing undue damage as well, but to say that they're not going to take any extra damage is just silly this is fighting yeah it's the sport of fighting you Fair know what you're getting you, into you can't you can't and I, the one thing i definitely don't want to hear is, is that you were holding, holding back. back that just sets me off it's just, and then no matter what and then we you do, have fighters in the ufc fighting for pennies on the dollar even in its purest form it is still a spectator sport floyd was wrong in saying that i agree that is a playground ticky tack bullshit yep. statement and then connor turns around with the next statement going connor mcgregor i would fight against floyd mayweather again oh boy i'm in I'm in for that money. Can I please sign up and pay some? Yeah. You know, there's just no way. I um, mean, he actually said that he would beat Floyd in a boxing rematch. Oh, my God. He's just I he's just going out there. Yeah, and trying you know to... what he was trying to do? He's trying to cash another $100 million check. Yeah, it's just... It's just but it's, respectfully, it's really we've, seen, we've seen the circus, and, you know, we've seen that boxing match. It was a fun match to watch. We don't want to see it again. We want to see Conor return to form. Yes. 
Go back into his weight class, start knocking somebody out. Or right off into the sunset, man. You made your money. Yeah. I'd a, be happy seeing him he's retire. He's a multi multi If he came back in, who would he be fighting first? Probably Tony Ferguson. Ooh. Or uh, I'd love to see that fight. You know, Tony Ferguson or Kevin Lee. Would you like to see those fights? That's a tough those fight. Those are dangerous fights, man. Those are dangerous fights. Wouldn't that be cool? I'd I just don't see... see why. The why? cardio He just made $30 million fighting Floyd Mayweather. And why he, would he go back to the UFC in like five? He wants to fight Diaz. See, do you see we what could, I'm saying? He wants could, a circus fighting. We could do a... Make, I don't want a circus He could make 15 doing that. We could literally do an entire podcast on possible McGregor matchups. You know what I mean? Yeah, because literally, he gets he's at the point now with his stardom where he gets to pick and choose. People don't come to him yeah, with but the that's options. The, he's he earned that. That's the problem. The he's earned that's that, though. Problem, he's guys. earned that, though. That's the problem. Dana White has to develop some polls, go over to him and say, listen, dude, your weight class I is think Dana White. Do you not want to fight in your weight class? I'm okay if you want to go out and you want to go fight who you want to fight, but I got 10 guys over here chomping at the bit. I think Dana White's only detriment is that he has too big of balls. That's that's, <laughs> But that wouldn't be a smart business move. Above yeah. all else, he's a businessman. He's not Dana the commissioner trying about, to run a sport. He wants to sell. Keeping, if he was a businessman, why didn't he come out in the first place? I still haven't heard him comment on John Jones. Have you? It'd be, it would be not yes, good to do so. What he said? He said that it was a tragedy for the sport. Yeah. That's it. He did. I mean, he didn't How go in long? depth. He didn't, How no, long? He, when did John Jones came out for steroids, Dana White had egg on his face. You betcha. Why would he? Why would he? And he knew that? about it before the. Why fight would he again? further that bad publicity by saying how wrong he was? You know what I mean? Yeah, Especially when he's elevated himself in the sports. It's just dragging movies. John through the mud. Exactly. Yeah, but he needs to do that. He's got to separate himself. He doesn't now have when to do John that. Jones fights, he's it's already John still, Jones is already go, He's getting raked over the coals. Yeah, Good. and not he and he can't do that when he like to be fair. How can you not defend John Jones post all this coming out? I mean, pre all this coming out, when he's your number one seller, he's one of your biggest stars. He had a duty as a businessman to be like, all right, this is my guy. You got to hit your wagon to the horse that's going to carry it the farthest. Yeah, but you know? he has never done that to the fighters who stepped in there and never tested positive and have fought completely and given it all in the ring. Well, There's other guys in other weight classes, and he still hasn't. He did that to Conor McGregor. He hits his wagon to Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor hasn't failed the drug test. No. This stems to the bigger problem. No, there's that, just other problems with him right now where he needs to get in his weight class. This stems to a bigger problem that I think all fighting organizations deal with. Do we focus on principles or or or, uh, or money or the or the profits? No, no, I get principles that. of profit. But here's the and no, every fighting organization okay. has to make that distinction, and a lot of it they're a business. This is not a charity. I, oh no, I get it. It is not a government body. Okay. They are focused with putting on the money, the but money fights. Can I make fights little men the most can I make one money? Point? Okay. Do I think it's good? Do I think ethically no. it's good for fighters? No, and I'll never say. One that. point. One point. Yeah. What got him to the billionaire level of the billion dollar? What they sell for? Billion dollars, right? Four billion. I Four think. billion. What got him to that point? Dedicated fighters putting building, on skilled matchups, <laughs> but granted. Stars. No, there no, was you're there, doing no, no, it again. No, 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 Leading up to the sale. I like how my voice changed. Did you like how my voice changed? Four billion dollars. What they did is they sided with their fighters. They, they let them. Stars. They, they let them stars. do their own advertising. Then they supported their fighters who dedicated themselves within their weight classes. And the, so and you don't think star power had anything to do with the UFC's wealth? It had everything to do with its wealth. Exactly. Yeah, but since they've sold. Do you think the UFC's changed? Absolutely. Oh, WME is making. I'll be the first one to say that, but I'm okay. saying WME is making horrible decisions in who to put 
marketing dollars in and they they're failing at creating stars. No, because- yeah. Look at look at Cody Garbrandt, Kevin WME Lee, yes, Tony Ferguson, Demetrius not... Johnson. Because all of these people could be pay per view draws. They could think, all be famous. Do you think UFC is worth four billion dollars today? I don't. They could make it worth four billion. They could make could it worth it. It could be worth it, but it's potential is not. not actual worth. I, I don't think. Would you pay? Would you think it would be worth four? No, billion but a good businessman would notice potential and make the necessary yeah, changes. When you're in, that's ca- how when that's you're how you make the money. That's how you no, make the they, money. They, no, because they're making more money doing these circus shows. No, but there's no longevity in that. There's exactly. no longevity. Exactly. That's no, there. But you could say we don't know WME's business plan. They could be looking to get a they return have on no investment. Plan. They have no plan. Sell. They have no plan. All of all of their moves have been the short short term. term. I love how meta this conversation's got. What do you mean? It's stem. We started originally at the fights, potential fight matchups, and we get an overall to the to the main issue, which is management. Management and the duties of the business, whether they're yes. fighting purists, but or that's where they're yeah, but you know what? It's because they fail, they, they're failing their fighters, which irritates me, and that's what the problem is. Only I'm some of the fighters, with. they're allowing the fighters who build the star platform to exceed in amounts of wealth. Is that not true? Whether they fail drug you could say that Demetrius Johnson is actually opting out of money. The squeakiest now. wheels are getting all of the oil, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could, there's, there's, don't act like there's not a double fault system. But that's just the state of the game today. Yeah. And granted, we still love it. We're going to be watching the UFC no matter what. It's not like we're like, this is completely, and it's not as corrupt as boxing as you saw in the Canelo Triple triple G. Not yet. yet. That's what my fear is. But we'll be back again to give you guys a breakdown of UFC 216 (laughs) after it goes down. We'll see who the interim lightweight champion is. (laughs) Will it be Tony Ferguson or Kevin Lee? Will Demetrius Johnson, <laughs> Mason riding this bitch right out, defend his belt against the Taz Mexican Devil Ray Borg for the eleventh time consecutively? Beating Anderson Silva's record would, would be tremendous. Or then breaking down the next fight, Fabricio Verdum versus Derek Lewis, the Black Beast. Fireworks are sure to fly in that one. Benil Darius versus Evan Dunham. Who knows what will happen? It's going to be an interesting card. I'm excited to see it. As a, you know, we we get passionate in these discussions because we're such big fight fans. And that's something that has to underscore the whole discussion. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's all for the love of fighting. No, it's all yeah. for the amelioration of fighting. I just don't know the fighters' names and their specialties as much as you guys. I just know from watching early boxing and football with my father and then seeing things constantly change because it became more business-orientated from player focus and and taking it from what I felt they were doing the right thing by the players which build it into a billion dollar business and then they seem to turn it over and turn it into a business and then things seem to turn not out so well yeah they're turning for the worst but and but my thing is is my fear is I just love the UFC and I want it to keep flourishing yeah I want it to keep going absolutely that's my biggest fear but as always, if you want to contact the show through our social media, you can hit us up at CSWS Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we, always, we always boast that we have one of the most active Twitters amongst multimedia podcasts. You can check it out. It is incredible. If you want to listen to us on the go, we are on the go now, people. At uh, bucketofwin.podbean.com, bucketofwin.podbean.com. Take us on the go. Put us in your pocket. Go to class. Go to work. Put us on in your cubicle. We love you. 
And by the way, subscribe if you're on YouTube viewing this. Subscribe. Give us a like. Subscribe. And if you like this meta conversation about UFC <laughs> and business, comment down below your opinion on it. And if Let you us don't, know. Comment. We will reply to your comment. We'll get in a straight up argument with you down there in the comment section. We're if, not afraid to. If I know have, Matt will. Yeah, I will. He'll say you don't get out enough. <laughs> <laughs> and then evidence. he'll probably make a Clerks 2 reference. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but as always, guys, this has been Can't Sleep, Won't Sleep. I'm Cameron. I'm Mason. And I'm Matt. Uh, and we'll catch you on the next next. Later, bye. For further details, we return you now to your regularly scheduled program. Hey guys, it's Cameron from Can't Sleep, Won't Sleep. Are you tired of having to go to YouTube to listen to our podcasts? Well, don't worry. Now you can listen to our podcasts on our RSS feed at bucketofwind.podbean.com. That is again, www.bucketofwind.podbean.com. There you can access our whole library of shows and not have to be hassled with all that YouTube nonsense.